Morning, morning, morning. Let's all stand to our feet. We want to say hello to all the campuses and all the people watching online, all, especially the military. Let's give all those people out there a big hand. God bless y'all. Y'all excited to be in church today? Uh, I'm excited to be in church. Uh, this, this is, um, every March we are going to do a series uh, that nurtures a burden for lost people as we go through our D12 discipleship uh, pathway. And um, I'm excited. I think this series is going to be the most important in your life ever you heard. <laughs> Amen. Come on now. Come on now. Every, seri every series that you're in is the most important. Uh, but this is absolutely the most important. I'm going to tell you why. We're going to talk about how to share your faith. Because you can learn all the theology you want, you go to church all you want, but if you can't share your story, what good is it? Uh, uh, so we're going to talk about that over the next three weeks and we're going to give you the tools to very simply do what all of you saw someone on your campus do and share very three, three simple parts to share your story. How many of y'all would love to share your testimony? Can I get amen? Amen. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. So let's get on our knees. Let's get on our knees and pray. And I know a lot has been said about Corona. Let me just say this. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Keep your hands clean. Don't put your hands in your mouth or your eyes unless they're clean. And uh, be careful. We're doing what we can. You do what you can. The chance of you getting sick are very low. Um, and I know there's a lot of stuff going on around the world, but the chance of you getting sick are very low. So just don't worry. Just be careful. There's a difference between being careful and being scared. Uh, you want to go to sleep at night, have a restful sleep, go to work and be at peace because the Lord is your protection. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. And I pray for our church. I pray, Lord, that um, as we start this series today, that you would equip us to share our story. Give us the courage and the faith to share our story. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Say what's up to the person next to you. Say what's up. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Turn it. <laughs> What's up? Let's get your Bibles out. Let's get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. On the count of three, lift your word up and say word. One, two, three, say word. Very good. Turn to John chapter 9. John chapter 9. John chapter 9. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. New Testament. New Testament. And um, to the uh, coronavirus, uh, you know, a lot of things are shutting down. If we ever have to shut down church because we're mandated to shut down church, we will uh, be online. The same thing, we'll, we also have stuff going out to the school for the academy. Um, uh, you can get on our mailing list, our email list, go to our website and give us your email and we'll send you notifications. We send out notifications every week. So if you don't get them, you want to get those. To the other thing is that when we do that, uh, we would like to continue to pay our bills. And so you can also give your tithes online. And, and by the way, so far this year, we are 300,000 behind our giving plan. And so if you are, this is your church, I want to encourage you to be faithful in your giving. Um, if everybody gave $5 a month, even though that's probably not a tithe for you, but $5 a month, you may think, what little bit, what can my little bit do? Uh, we would catch up in like 10 weeks. So I want to encourage you to uh, be faithful in that. Um, especially now, by the way, especially now, you're like, well, things are shaky. This is especially when you say, God, I trust you as my source. I'm not worried about the world. So especially now. Amen. Amen. Um, 
10 years ago or so, I can't remember, um, I was walking around Miramar Lake with my dad. My dad has since passed away, and we were just walking around Miramar Lake talking. He was living out here at the time, and I was anxious in my heart because I wanted him to come forward and get saved, and we had had hundreds of conversations about um, getting saved, and he'd been to church, and I was just like, man, I got I got I, I was just gnawing at me, gnawing at me, gnawing at me. I said, Dad, and I don't remember exactly what I said, but I said, you know, when are you going to get saved? I said, you know, something like that. And he said to me, I'm waiting for you to ask me. And, and now, without arguing with him that I've asked you a hundred times, <laughs> I, I didn't know what he was referring to because I was like, we've had tons of discussions late into the night. But without arguing, I said, look, right now he's ready. And what was I going to say that I had to say before? And not that I don't even know that I had to say something different. So I said, and we were walking around me on my leg. There was a bench. I said, let's sit on the bench right now. And what I told him was a story. How many of you have someone in your life that you would love to have, see them accept Christ in their life? Can I get an amen? How many of you have people in your life that don't know God that you would love to be able to share the gospel with them? Really simple. Can I get an amen? Man, this is the most important thing you can do. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. We've done a lot of series here, and I always say this is the most important series, blah, blah, blah. And I mean it at the time, you know, because I'm excited about it and it's very important. But this is the most important thing because there are going to be people coming to your life that you don't even know. You're on a plane next to them. You're in line at, at, at Costco or whatever, and, and, they, and they just share with you that their life is a mess and whatever. I was talking to a guy yesterday at the softball game, and he just came up next to me, just rolled up next to me and just started talking to me. I'm like, okay, and I'm watching my grandson, right, play, play baseball. There are people who come up to you, and it's right there that you have to share something with them. So over the next three weeks, we're going to give you a framework to share your story. It would say my story. That's the title of this series, My Story. Your testimony is simply your story. No one can deny you of your story. They can tell you they don't believe in your God. They can tell you they don't believe in your Bible, but they can't deny what God has done in your life. And, and over these next three weeks, you're going to learn three parts of your story. Say, I was. Say, then Jesus. Say, since then. Very simple. Say, I was. Say, then Jesus. Say, since then. And you heard in all the campuses, you heard someone share this story. And they said, my name is so-and-so. I was blank, 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 blank. Then Jesus came into my life and blank, 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 blank. And since then I've been doing blank, 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 blank. It's not complicated. Everyone say, I was. Say, then Jesus. They since, say, since then. So we're going to learn that over the next three weeks. Today is, I was. Everyone say, I was. So we're going to learn three steps. And it's very simple parts of your I was. Now, we're going to teach a little bit. But what we're going to do is have you fill in your story in your lesson plan. Get your lesson plan out and get a pen out. Hopefully you brought a pen on your own. Again, we sent an email out saying bring your own pen. If you want to share a pen with the person next to you, just make sure you wash your hands before you eat. <laughs> Unless you, that's your family and you already got their germs. <laughs> Amen. 
John chapter, John chapter 9, there is a guy who was born blind. He's walking around blind and Jesus comes up to him and asks him, did he want to be made well? And, and Jesus spits in the ground, makes mud with the spit, puts the mud in his eyes and tells him, go wash your face and your eyes in the pool of Siloam, which means the, the ascent. He goes, washes his eyes and then he gets his sight. He washes his eyes and gets his sight. And, and then the religious leaders go to his parents and say, yo, what's up? Your son is healed and it's the Sabbath. He wasn't supposed to be healed. And was he always blind? And his parents say, look, look, we don't, we don't, we don't want to speak for him because they knew at the time if you said Jesus was the Lord, they, you would get persecuted. So they, they said, go ask him himself. He's of age. We don't want to get involved in that. And, and so they went to the guy and they could say, tell us what happened because we know Jesus didn't do that because he's a sinner. Now, here's a, a trip thing about it. People may not believe with your Jesus. They not, may not agree with your Bible. They may not agree with your church. They may not agree with your faith. But, but they can't disagree with your life. This is why it's important. And this story is so appropriate. Look what it says in John chapter 9, verse 21. I'll just read this. Or, or verse 20, I'll just read it. His parents answered and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age. Ask him, for he will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would have put out of the synagogue. Verse 24, so they again called the man who was blind and said, give glory to God for we know Jesus is a sinner. And here's what he said. This is the verse. This is, this is your testimony. He said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. Whether, whether the Bible is true and I, whether I can answer all the questions in the Bible, I don't know. You may be able to ask me some hard questions in the Bible. I can't answer. I don't know. But here's what I know. I was blind. It would say I was. Ah, that's first step. What were you before? <laughs> How many of y'all were jacked up before God came in your life? Amen. How many of y'all are still jacked up? Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> right, right. I was. The most powerful thing you can do to disarm the devil is just say, you're right. I'm wrong. I was a sinner. And I still am. I'm still working. I'm still working it out. You're an idiot. Yep. Then what are they going to say? <laughs> You're prideful. Yep, still working on it. That's so powerful. It's when you have to defend, try to defend yourself that you get in trouble. Just say, I'm a sinner. Anyone say, I'm a sinner? Now, for all of you who have asked Christ to be your, your Savior, you've been forgiven. Say, I'm forgiven, but I'm still working it out. It's a journey. It's a journey. So here's what he says. He says in verse 25, he says, I, one thing I know, I can't explain everything in the Bible. I can't explain everything my church, I can't explain all the things you're saying, all that. I can't explain all that. But one thing I know, I was. Everyone say I was. I was blind and now I see. Here's your story. What was your life before God? And what does he heal in your life? Not that you still have healing to go. It's simply saying that. The Bible says that they overcame the devil by the, blood of, by the word of their testimony and the blood of the lamb. The word of their testimony. So what we're going to do today is we are going to, and over the next three weeks, we are going to give you three simple steps. One step every 
week, and each step has three steps. So we're going to look at three steps today in part one, I was, on how to share your faith. You're going to simply answer questions about your life. And you're going to fill in the blank. How many of y'all have a pen? Raise your hand. And all the campuses, raise your hand. Better get a pen. Okay, very good. If you could share with the person next to you. Number one, number one in your notes, share what you believed about the, your source of happiness in the past. In the past. Share what you believed in the past. Proverbs 18.12 says, before destruction, a, uh, the heart of a man is haughty, but before honor, his humility. In the past, when I was all living for myself, here's what I used to think. So everyone say, I was. And it, it, I, want you to, I want to read mine for you, what I wrote for me. And, and, and number one in your notes, it says, my name is Miles and I grew up in New York. You could all answer that. And before giving my heart to God, I believed I would be happy if I had money, drugs, sex, pleasure, partying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So look in your notes and here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a minute to fill in your name and what you believe before God. And by the way, once you write this out, this is going to be your story where you could share. At, I'm in the line. I, I, I was in the airport getting, getting um, uh, had my phone plugged in. And this guy walked up to me at, in Chicago airport and we started talking. And I remember what brought God up, duh. And I said, hey, man. And I shared the story with him. Boom, 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 boom. And he got saved right there. Okay, so you're going to take one minute and you're going to fill that first one in, your name and what you believe would make you happy before you had God in your life. Take one minute and do that. We're going to put one minute. Don't put your Christian version, put your non-Christian version. Y'all too saved to remember that you were an idiot back then. <laughs> Say amen if you were an idiot back then. You know what I'm saying? Say amen if you're done. Number two. Share what that belief made you do. Now for me, hey, when I was in high school... I was smoking weed, partying, sleeping around. When I went to college, I was smoking weed, partying, sleeping around. When I, went, when I got out of college, I was smoking weed, now doing cocaine, partying, sleeping around. It, it, it was kind of like a, a reoccurring record. Here's what the devil will do. The devil will sit there and put his leg out and trip you, and you will fall down, and then you won't know and acknowledge that the devil tripped you, and you will walk around and get right back in line and trip you again with the same trick. How many of y'all been tricked by the same trick? It's not, it's not complicated. The devil knows your problems. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your insecurity. And he will press that button till the day you die. And one of the reasons that we go crazy is we sit there and look at himself in the mirror and say, why am I doing the same thing over and over and over again? Can, can I get an amen? Because the devil, he, why, why would he stop doing what works? And so if he's got you believing that you need party and you need drugs, you need money, you need to be first, you need to be the prettiest, you need to be the most popular, you need to have the best car. If he knows that that's your, that's your, your button, he will press that button until you get off that train, until you get off that treadmill. And so for you to think back what your life was, and remember the reason this is so important 
is because they're going to be people you're talking to that that's where they live. There are some of y'all right now in some of our campuses. This is your life now. You think being happy has, has all, is all about things that have nothing to do with what God wants in your life. And so you have to make a decision. Man, man, I think having money is going to make me happy. You will never have enough money. There's always going to be somebody with more money and then something's going to happen and take your money. The Bible says that riches grow wings like eagles and fly away. How many of y'all seen your money fly away? It's just like, there it goes. And it, it screams at you, ah, ah, and it's gone. <laughs> Lady, uh, having girls in your life, guys in your life, buying stuff. You buy a new car, think you're cool, and that car is going to get old and rusty. And so the devil will constantly play your tricks. So think back then. What did I used to do? Try to remember. And look what it says in number two. For example, it wouldn't be uncommon for me, and I wrote, to get high, party all night, work out, and then party some more. To try to fill the emptiness in my heart. Be as honest as you can. Here's the deal. The devil does not want you admitting what he's done in your life. Because you have power over him. You have power over him. When you declare victory over what he's done in your life. Especially to someone who's struggling with a similar thing. So I want you to fill in that next one. It says, in that next one, part, number two, for example, it would not be uncommon for you to do what in order to try to fulfill that sense of need in your heart to be happy? What did you do? Did you party? Did you drink? Did you do drugs? Did you steal? Did you buy? Did you shop till you dropped? And for all y'all who shop, I'm not saying that's a sin necessarily. Fill that in. Say amen if you're done. Amen. Amen. Is this making sense to y'all? Yep. Please. You know, I, I have this preaching class I told you about, and when we have our next semester, I'm going to announce it here and we'll have people sign up. But in, um, one of the acronyms that we've learned is KISS, K-I-S-S. It means keep it simple, stupid. You're the stupid one. It's not, not you, it's the speaker, the preacher. Keep it simple, stupid. Why? Because we want you to get it. We want you to trick you, right? This is really simple. You know what? I used to think that if I got high and had money, I would be happy. I used to think if I had the nicest clothes, I used to think if I, if I had to be the prettiest and had to have my hair and make it perfect if I was going to be accepted. And therefore, I would get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to put makeup on. Not me. I'm just saying hypothetically. I never put makeup Well, I have put makeup on, but that's another story. <laughs> when I do TV stuff, you know what I'm saying. I love the uh, airbrush. Airbrush is cool, huh? <laughs> it really is. It's awesome. It's awesome. I used to buy stuff and, and go bankrupt and gamble. And this is what I did. And then the Third thing, this is all about I was in the past. The third thing 
show, share how what you did made you feel. In other words, I would get all high, high all night and then the next day I felt like garbage. I would buy stuff and then it'd be fun for a while and then it felt like emptiness and I wish I had the money. I would, you know, work real hard, work real hard and then find out, you know, I just had to keep working real hard. So in this third one, the Bible says the, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In other words, when you do stuff that's not according to the word of God, it just brings death in your life. It may be temporary happiness, but it brings death in your life. So the third one is, answer this question. After a while, my behavior began to make me feel blank. What I wrote was empty, sad, lonely, unfulfilled. And that wasn't working for me. Fill that in. Everybody good? Okay, watch this. I'm going to read mine. And this is the perfect reason why you should be in small groups and D groups, perfect opportunity to practice this with people who are in your life, who love you, who can, who can talk to you and, and, and sharpen your ability to share your faith. This is something I'm telling you, this is something that you should be able to just roll out of your mouth anywhere, sitting, in, sitting at work, sitting at Starbucks with someone you don't know and you tell a story. And let me tell you something, you can go preach to people, they want to hear you preaching. Some people will tolerate you, but when you share a story about what God has done in your life and you say, look, I'm just telling you what happened to me, let me pray for you, and you're out, boom, you are planting the seed. So I'm going to read mine. Watch this. My name is Miles and I grew up in New York and before giving my heart to God, I believed I would be happy if I had money, drugs, sex, and pleasure. For example, it would not be uncommon for me to get high and party all night work out and party some more to try to fill the emptiness in my heart. After a while, my behavior began to make me feel empty, sad, lonely, unfulfilled, and that wasn't working for me. Amen? Okay, so how many of y'all got yours down? Raise your hand on all the campuses. Raise your hand on all the campuses. Very good, very good. Uh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to share it with someone near you. We're going to take two minutes. Share it with someone near you. Amen? Go ahead, share it.
Okay, we ready? How many of y'all did it? How many of y'all did it? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Let me tell you, is that good? Is that good? Easy? Easy? Now, how many, say if that was really easy, say it was easy. If I can tell you, ask you, encourage you to do one thing, practice that until the day you die. People will get saved and you'll be, it is that easy. There are people who need God and we're inviting them to church. That's great, invite them to church. But before you do that, tell, share your story. And I, I say share, not tell, because you're just sharing what happened to you. You're not telling somebody something. I have shared my testimony more millions of times than I can count with people I've never met. And never one time in my life have I had someone tell me, I don't want to hear your story. Because no one can deny what God has done in your life. Now, every week we're going to do one part of this and we're going to make it really simple. And if you look at the bottom of your lesson plan, all three of these are put together where you're going to end up having one continuous story. And I, I just want to encourage you, keep sharing it. Go to your R group, go to your D group, practice it with the people in your, in your, in your thing, in your, uh, um, in your group. Practice it with people. Let me tell you something. I know a lot of y'all aren't people, people person. I don't like talking to people. You're human. You have to talk to somebody. Now, you may not like to talk to everybody, a lot of strangers, but you got to talk to somebody. But I would encourage you to say, hey, um, uh, can I, can, for all you who like talking to people, uh, who are really outgoing, can I practice something with you? Or for all of you who are introverts, even someone you know, someone in your family, can I practice someone, something with you? And just read that. And guess what they're going to say? They're going to sit there and go, tell me more. And then we're going to tell them this. Go to the very end of your lesson plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, this part is for anybody in here in church today. If you've never asked Christ to be your Savior, I want you to think about what we just talked about. But I also want you to think about this right here. This is a simple prayer to ask Christ to be your Savior. You hear me say this every week. And some of you may say, well, he says the same thing every week. Exactly. <laughs> it's by design. One, I don't want to try to remember something else. And two, I wanted to get it in your head that you can almost quote it because you've heard it over and over and over. And for the person who's getting saved, it's probably one of the first times they've heard it. But it's something that you need to spit out. I would, you know, it would be, be messed up if God said to you, hey, did you lead anybody to the Lord? Oh, no. Uh, now, you went to the rock, right? Uh-huh. How many times did you hear Pastor Miles say A, B, C, Romans 3, 23, 6, 23, 5, 8, 10, 9? Every week. Here it is for you. Watch this. Let's read this together. Everybody got that? Everybody see that at the end? Say amen if you see it. We're going to start with the word father. Everyone say, see father. Okay. No, everyone see that in your notes. I'm, so, I'm sorry. But I'm going to read it out loud. Ready? Here we go. Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that death and destruction into my life, my relationships with people and my relationship with God. Romans 3.23 and 6.23. I believe that Jesus died for my sin and his death paid the penalty for my sin. I confess or agree that Jesus is Lord 
that he died and rose from the dead and is able to forgive my sin. Jesus. I surrender my life to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, you have this. Practice it. For all of you who are outgoing people, I would challenge you just to go in the mall at work. People you don't even know say, or people you know don't know, can I, can I share something with you? Just I'm learning this in church. I'm giving you verbiage right now. I'm learning this in church. As a matter of fact, my pastor, he's such a, he, he made us do it. I got to do it. All right, go back. I'm going to get in trouble. You can say whatever you want to say. I don't care. But I got to do this five times. Can I just share this with you and you share your story? You share that prayer and you watch their eyes. God's going to make divine appointments happen. So what I want to tell all of you, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that the penalty of sin is death. How many of y'all know everybody dies? You know why we die? Not because we get old. Because we're sinners. There's two deaths. Physical, spiritual. Physical, you go into the ground. Spiritual, you go to hell. That's the death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So when you die and you go into the ground physically, you go to heaven spiritually. This is what's at stake. It's not does someone go to church or someone get a nice car. It's where they spend eternity. And that eternity starts now. And God wants to use you to help them get there. That's what this is about. If all you want is to come to church and get your blessings, that is really selfish. We want to be unselfish. And like Jesus came to serve, we want to go to serve. And so if you believe now in any of the campuses that you are a sinner, the Bible says all have sinned. If you believe the penalty of sin is death, that Jesus died and rose from the dead, we're going to give you an opportunity to admit that you are a sinner, believe and declare your belief that Jesus, the Lord, that he died and rose from the dead for your sin. And confess him as your Savior. Confess means to agree. I surrender. And before I pray, I want to encourage all the rest of you, practice your testimony this week multiple times. Let it just roll off your lips. I believe this, I did this, and it made me feel this way. Simple. It's not complicated. Practice it. Practice it, practice it. So I'm going to ask all of you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, we get so caught up in wanting to focus on arguing the deep things of God with people. But the most powerful story we have is what you have done in our life, the most legit incredible story we have is what you have done in our life. And I pray that this church will be a church of people who can share that story with anybody at any time, at any place. But Lord, there may be somebody here today. They realize, man, I'm in the I was stage right 
now. I have messed up beliefs about how I can be fulfilled and happy, be happy. And those beliefs have caused me to do things that are resulting in destruction in my life. If that's you, and you know that God loves you, and he wants so much better for you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer simply ABC, that you admit that you are a sinner and that your beliefs and actions are wrong and that the result is death. And that you believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead for your sin and that he's the Lord. And that you confess him as your Savior. So in the privacy of your heart, if you would like to surrender your life to Jesus and move out of the I was stage of your life, Pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I believe you love me. I believe that you have a great plan for my life. I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe you died and rose from the dead for my sin. And I confess you, Jesus, as my Savior. I repent, take over my life, fill me with the Spirit of God. Thank you, God. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And by standing, you are declaring, yes, I am moving out of the I was stage into the then Jesus stage of my life. So right now, eyes closed, heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand up. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Stay standing. God bless you. God bless you.